Welcome to Till the Movie Deals Part, a movie discussion podcast between one married couple in our late days. Ed from Australia who likes watching movies, and Bibi from Colombia who likes arguing about them. We will discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly experiences of our movie-going adventure as a means of breaking down the films that are significant to us to hopefully help avoid breaking up our marriage. Will we succeed? There's only one way to find out. Um, so today, uh, it was a kind of a miserable day. Um, it was very great. Uh, we decided to watch a movie in family. So a little bit about ourselves. Uh, we are a married couple, as you already know, and we have two children. Uh, one is, he just turned four, and the other one is 15 months. So we decided to watch a movie that will be suitable for everyone. And we decided to go with the movie called The Mitchells versus The Machines. You can find it in Netflix. And today, as a spell of the moment, we are going to talk about this movie. Yeah, um, it's been a while since we recorded our last podcast, which we haven't even put up on the website on Spotify yet. Uh, so we're still waiting to do that one. That should be going up shortly. We had intended, I think at the end of that episode, we um, announced that we were going to talk about like the next our next episode would be uh much ado about nothing um so anyway um uh, we're a little bit behind but we, we sat down all together and watched this film uh and all of us really enjoyed it um and vivi sort of thought that maybe we could talk about it because <clears throat> there's a lot of stuff that uh, sort of struck struck a chord with her there's, you know I, I thought it was very enjoyable it, like I'm sort of happy to talk about it as well. So, and because it's been so long since we've done one, um, we thought, oh, let's just do this spare at the moment and get something up there because it looks like we've got at least a couple of people who have listened to it, which was a bit scary. Our other, our previous episodes, five people. Um, so anyway, we'll we'll do this episode and um, just as a bit of a warm up and hopefully get back on track. It's been a pretty hectic few weeks, so we haven't been able to organise it, but. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll try and get them get it back on a some sort of a regu regular schedule. So this is just a, a little bit of a a jump start and a spare of the moment thing. Yeah, it's knack. Yeah. Okay. Um. But before we start, still this movie uh, falls into our categories. So what categories falls this movie into? Oh, uh, I think it just falls. For, well, for me, from my perspective, I think it only falls into the like the relationship categories. And the and the category that um, neither of us have seen. Mm, okay, I can't think of anything else. I would say social importance as well, like the usage of technology and how sometimes families get separated by it. Yeah, yep. I will say that. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. I, I, I when I was thinking of that category, that's more of like current events in my head, like current affairs and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, that, that's absolutely yeah. correct. Technology, technology at the moment is pretty, yep. it's pretty, you know, like it's pretty strong, mm. and we always talk about that. Mm. Like, it is awful, and I'm sorry if you know you are one of that does that, but it's pretty awful to see families, you know, kids and parents and everyone in a table 
having dinner together, you know, but actually... But we're guilty they're... of the same thing. Like, we go out and, and more often than not, like, I'll be honest, it's you are the one that's on the phone. I, that's not true. It is. It's not true. Like, when we are sitting down having dinner, mm. I don't touch my phone. What are you talking about? Well, when... Like, you gave me so much clearance for that mm. but like it's awful when like actually you go to a restaurant or whatever and you see all these family together on their phones eating and not even talking not even looking at each yeah. other yep. no, so i, I think that, that like that really falls into social importance mm -hmm. yep no i agree i really don't like when you said mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah like that means like yeah continue go on well, you've stated why it's in that category, so let's move on. <laughs> okay. So do you want to, like, talk a little bit about the movie? Like, what happened in the movie? Uh, okay, so it's a Netflix animated film. It comes from... It's not directed by... I can't remember the guy's name. So I think it's Chris Lord and Phil Miller. They're the producers on the film. Miller and Lord, they're, they're the producers on the film. Those guys... Um, they directed like the 21 Jump Street movies. They directed um, the Lego movie. And there's probably one or two others that I can't recall off the top of my head, but they're very, very talented guys, very funny, very switched on. Um, and they are, I guess, the producers behind this and also the other film that we watched today, the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Those guys were the sort of the producers of that film as well. So um, uh, they also were um, at one point, well, you know that Han Solo movie that came out? Yeah. They were directing that. They were in charge of that for most of production and then they got fired off that and they brought in another director, Ron Howard, to finish it off, uh, which was sort of fairly interesting and that's a whole other discussion. But um, these guys have got a very unique voice, um, very sort of ironic self-aware but at the same time you know quite genuine and heartfelt mm. I, th I think they're really really talented i enjoy most of the stuff of what they do i can't remember much of the 21 jump street movies i think we saw the first one but i'm yeah. not sure about the second i can't, I can't no, remember no. um anyway so these guys are the producers of uh, the mitchells versus the machines um and this story is about a family pretty sort of um they're like a regular family but they're a bit weird like there's the mum and the dad and then there's the two kids a, a a young a young girl well not a young girl she's a young woman heading finishing high school and heading about to head off to university and she's got a younger brother <clears throat> i couldn't work out how old he's supposed to be like probably 10 or 11 or 12 or something like that early teenager and there the the father rick um, is having tr like a bit of difficulty coping with the fact that his daughter is all grown up now and she's heading off and there's a bit of awkwardness and tension between them because she's got her own interests that he doesn't really sort of buy into um, and she wants him to but he doesn't so that causes clashing and anyway so <clears throat> the story um, basically starts where she's about to head off to university and um, as a way to try and um, I guess, bring the family together before she leaves. He, they decide to take a road trip together to drive the daughter, whose name I can't remember, I think it's Katie or something, mm. she, uh, before Katie goes to uni. Um, they all take a family road trip 
to try and bring the family together and, and have one last sort of big family fun event before she leaves. Um, and in the middle of that road trip, there's a, a robot apocalypse. There's this new technology um, that gets developed and, and released during the time that they're on the road trip. Uh, and it's like artificial intelligence robots that are supposed to help humans. I don't know, something like that. Anyway, they sort of turn against humans and there's a big war against the robots and all that sort of stuff. So it's, um, uh, yeah, that it, it's sort of a combination like a, a family comedy drama and mixed in with this sort of action war, you know, apocalyptic tale. And it's all just sort of meshed together there. Um, and the the people who, who made the film, directed it and wrote it, obviously are, are big fans of both sort of genre, genres that they're mixing together. And they do it very well in this. Um, enjoyable for all ages, like we enjoyed it. Um, and our son, Raphael, uh, really enjoyed it too, which was good. Um, and yeah, so there's a little bit to talk about the film, I guess. Um, just in terms of what it's trying to say and, and also just so like on the level on that sort of deeper level of meaning and, and all that sort of stuff, but also on the surface level, it's just, it's very, very, um, inventive in its visuals and all that sort of stuff. And just like a, a fun movie on, on the surface, but there's also stuff you can dig into a bit as well. Yeah. I think probably the first thing that I want to talk about, about the movie is, the relationship between the father and the daughter, mm -hmm. between Rick and Katie. Mm. That is definitely her name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah right. I just checked it. Okay. <laughs> um, so I can see it in in two ways. Mm -hmm. I can see it from my my side with my dad, and from my side with my kids. Mm -hmm. So something that I found in the relationship. But is, hang on, just before you go on. Um, were you looking at that, like you said, you looked at it both ways, but was that purely from the perspective of Katie? What about the mum character? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Like, I think that I could recognize a lot of, a lot of people in my life or even myself in different characters. Mm. Like, for example, with Adam, the, the little kid. The brother. The brother mm. with Aaron. I saw Raphael. Oh, really? You know, with like, there is a part that um, Katie says, you know, at the end when she says that, oh, um, you have to stand five hours talking about dinosaurs and boring stuff, but that's, that's enough to have a friend for life or something like that. So at the moment, our oldest son, um, he is into dinosaurs. And I don't know how many hours we have read about dinosaurs and like the different types. And, and he has all his room um, about dinosaurs. And it is true, like, I'm not interested about dinosaurs at all. Were you as a kid? No. Really? Okay. No. Like, for me, it was more like you know, the Asian cultures, you know, Greece, Rome, all the stuff. What, when you were Raphael's age? Yeah, I was very into mythology. Remember that when we were children, mm. um, there was those TV shows like Sheena, the Warrior Princess, yeah. and Hercules, and all of that. So, like, 
I was more into, you know, the gods of Greece and all of that than dinosaurs. Dinosaur wasn't anything of my interest. Mm. No, I loved dinosaurs when I was a kid. Okay, so, you know, like, you have that thing in common with our son, mm. but I don't. Mm. However, I I don't mind to read about them. I don't mind to be asked in number of times, mm. um, you know, is this a, a T-Rex? I actually invented a song for him. It's, it's pretty funny. When we walk to his childhood. Anyway. Okay. So that little part that she said and seeing that kid, Adam, uh, it reminded me to Raphael. Mm. Okay. Okay. So, but um, from the part of the father, Dora, you know, um, Rick and Katie, I think as a parent, obviously, your first priority is your kids, their well-being, mm. you know, like you see everything in that light of security, um, that everything goes well with them, that they never get hurt, that, you know, like protecting them and all of that. But like, for example, in this movie, it's pretty clear that for him, what she do is like a hobby. You know, like something that is like it's so, not gonna like lead to a, like a successful career. Exactly. Mm. So like he he really hasn't stopped and learned about what she's doing, mm -hmm. not even watching what she's doing. Mm. He's just like from his perspective and from his failure judging what she's doing. What was his failure? Well, don't you remember that um uh, Kaylee's mom um, she told her that uh, he, her father was like an artist as well, but he never succeeded on that. Really? No, I didn't know that. I, I missed that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but you're watching the movie? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yes. Okay. So, I think that from, from his past experiences and from, like, really, they they grew apart. Mm. You know, like, you watched that video when she was little, and and they were very close together but then that's easy because really little kids they they only look forward to be with you know with mom and dad and mm. they are the big heroes but in the in the moment that they are growing up um things change mm. and that reminded me for example when i was in high school i i love theater theater and actually i play a cup like I act in a couple of plays at high school and I remember once I was trying to tell my dad about this play that I was going to do mm. uh, it was going to be in in a, in a big university where I was living and I was so excited about and he was so dismissive mm. and that really hurt really because for me, it was important. Mm -hmm. For me, it was like the biggest thing that it was happening in my life in that moment. But for him, it was just like eh, a dumb play that my daughter, my teenager is doing at the moment. Mm. So I feel like 
as a parent, yeah, you have this, you know, this 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 side of um, to to provide everything for them. But then sometimes you kind of forget, like that little things matter. Oh no, yeah, for sure. Hmm. Yeah, and I think this film really, um, you know. Uh, shows that demonstrates that and the importance of you know like <clears throat> when i was watching it uh, i could sort of obviously i see a lot of myself in rick in the in the father character in the way he obviously loves his kids but can't really relate to them you know um i mean it's more about his relationship with the daughter than it is his relationship with the son is it well yeah i don't think so because look i think he's the kind of person that is a little bit square so like he's only in his box mm. to the point that like for the mother's day he gives this screwdriver to the wife and for the birthday no for the first communion to his little kid yeah, and yeah, so, I, yeah. so like that means that he is disconnected to all the family. Yes, but it's primarily about the trying to connect with his daughter. Yeah, but like the thing is that he's not disconnected with the son because maybe the, the personality of the son is more a little bit like his mom. You know, like remember that they were like, you know, with the scripts to each of them, mm. like what to say and all of that. So like sometimes... Um, they are kids that are reactive. Like mm. I was very reactive to my dad mm. and we were best friends when I was a child. Mm. Like we used to play, we used to sing. Like there were so many things that we used to do when we when I was a child. Mm. But then I turned into a teenager and my relationship was worse than the Mitchells. Mm. Hmm? So I was very reactive. But then, um, well, my sister wasn't very helpful either but the point is that there are some kids that they are more like neutral so like they don't bother much if their parents is they are not into their stuff or whatever mm. and they they turn into this neutral switzerland land that like both parties can relate on mm -hmm. and then like still the, the father can be disconnected to them but still they are like there you know what I mean? Yeah, but what I'm saying is, Bibi, is that the film was primarily about Rick trying to reconnect with his daughter. Yeah. Well, that's what uh, I'm just saying that. Like all this other stuff you're talking about is valid, but that's not what the point that I was talking about. I was saying that the film primarily is about Rick trying to connect with his daughter. Okay. So, yes, like the film seems like it's about the relationship between Rick the father and Katie, the daughter. That's true. But I think that the root of the whole movie was like the relationship that he had with his family in general. Because if you see, for example, when he comes home, they are all, all at the table. They had a, previously a conversation, you know, all the three of them. And then when he gets home, all of them are, like they are in their mobiles or whatever and he forced them to be connected mm. so like it feels like those three are in the same you know line level whatever 
and he is the only one that is like almost like an outsider mm -hmm. you know like he is trying hard not just to connect with his daughter but with everyone else with mm -hmm. everything else because he's very slow with technology he's very you know old-fashioned like the kind of gift that he's giving and all of that is like he's not connected with his family at all yeah um yeah that's um can't really add too much more than that <laughs> but for me like i'm not saying you're wrong i'm just saying that from my perspective like yeah he was a little bit uh, sort of seemed a bit disconnected from everyone but it was primarily about the daughter because he was still had a, like a functioning relationship with his wife he still had his functioning relationship with his son it was the one with his daughter that had previously been so important and it still is important but they drifted apart and the film like the whole reason they went on the on the road trip was because he wanted to reconnect with her before they she left it was nah, like it wasn't the reason the reason was that he felt guilty because he broke her computer yeah and she tried to show him you know like the masterpiece that she made mm. and he broke the computer and he felt guilty and he tried to solve it and that's another thing that the movie has but if he didn't want to fix the relationship he wouldn't have bothered with it he just would have bought her a new laptop or something yeah but like there is a thing with people that like to fix things that sometimes they don't listen they just try to patch situations so like that that road trip and as she put it it was going to be a disaster because you know like they are not that kind of family that like articulates very well what they are doing or, or saying or whatever yeah so like he tried to patch what happened the night before like trying to do the road trip and that happened to be the almost end of the war but it was his effort to patch to fix not to actually understand and see the things from his daughter's point of view but the situation during the trip forced him you know forced him to do that mm. because like for example, that conversation that he had with the owner of that tech company, you know, the guy was like, oh, this kid is hilarious. This kid is so funny. The person, you know, this crazy person. Oh, that crazy person is my daughter. Mm. And he was forced to watch the movie. And he was like, yeah, actually, that's pretty good. He actually like sat down and watched it. Mm. But that wouldn't happen if all these robot situations would happen. It was, it was going to be just a crazy trip from point A to point B and nothing else, you know? And probably the relationship will be even worse than the beginning. Well, maybe. I mean, you can, I don't know, um, you can sort of determine that. But, yeah, like I get what you're saying. But uh, for me, um, yeah, you, you, you've described his efforts as just being a patch, like trying to patch up, sort of trying to fix a situation that is really much deeper than what he's trying to fix. But, and, and that's true, but that's that's from his perspective, he is trying to fix the relationship. He That's what it's about. You're, you're saying that he, he actually can't grasp how, how big and, and complex the situation is. 
um, what I'm saying, is, and, and that's true, but from his perspective, he is trying to fix the relationship. It's not just about what he's doing is only a patchwork effort, but it, he is still trying. And that's and I think one of the things in the film they said, you know, I can't remember the exact line of dialogue, but like he is trying, he's always trying, not always successful, but he's always trying. And that's what I, for me, that's what the, the, the main arc of the film is. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, mm. as a parent, we are not perfect. And the other day, my mom said this to me, like, um, we become parents with without uh, an instruction manual. Mm. Um, and we love our kids like nobody else. But they are little people. Mm with needs and thoughts and you know um desires and dreams and whatever and and no one really trained you to be a parent mm. even if you take all the courses in the world if you listen all the gurus about like parenting and all of that still there are a lot of things that you know like you cannot really be prepared for that mm. so the only thing that you can do is trying mm. trying to do the best parent that you can mm. trying to not make the mistakes that your parents maybe made with you and it's still they are sort of traps that you sometimes falls into mm. you know like i see myself sometimes uh when i'm angry at rafael or you know things like that and there are sometimes that i say things that my mom used to say that to me mm. and i remember that i hate that when mm. i was a child and it made me feel like so misunderstood and it's still now that I, i'm a mom i'm doing it mm. and i don't know I, I don't know um it's it's just hard yeah, that's that's parenthood right there. Yeah. Um, all right. So, <clears throat> like you said, that you've connected with, or you you were able to see, you know, perspective from a couple of the the characters, like the daughter and and also a bit of the mother. Um, I identified a little bit with with Rick, um, in terms of how he's, you know, um perceives his family and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it's a bit different because our kids are so young compared to the kids that are in the film. Um, but even just sort of family life, you know, it's, yeah, you live with these people and they are your family, but sometimes it's just like they're from different worlds and you're just like, who are these people? How do they think? What is going on? And it can be difficult to, to make those connections when, you know, you just sort of perceive things differently. Obviously, you know, when they're kids and young kids, that, that that's understandable. But, you know, for instance, we've had many conversations and arguments over the years and it, a lot of those just boil down to our different perceptions on on the stuff that's happened or things that we've said. And, yeah, that, and that's just a constant ongoing thing, I think. Um, and, and the film sort of captured that pretty well, I thought. Um, the little boy, um, Aaron. Aaron, yeah, he was a funny sort of character. Uh, and, you know, obviously he's interested in dinosaurs and all that sort of stuff. And I had that 
the funniest thing about him though was the um, the relationship with the neighbor <laughs> with the little girl yeah yeah i hate you yeah i don't want to see you again <laughs> that 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 was me that was what i used to do i would be much more cut like if there was a girl at school or anywhere else that i liked the, the most terrifying thing to me was would be for her to find out that i liked her that 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 terrified me so i would be much rather saying i hate you no go away you suck or whatever than for me to actually just be normal and strike up a conversation <laughs> and just be a normal human being i couldn't i couldn't handle that and so when he like he'd say that stuff and run away that i understood that very very well <laughs> um and but like not even like when i was a sort of a, a teenager like it, it was this ridiculous thing that i had that i didn't want to admit um to a girl if i liked her it was such a weird sort of uh personality trait and i i don't know where i picked that up from but i i was i was probably well i think that's something that like many teenagers has or feels like for me maybe for my personality i was totally the opposite mm. so and still like i had my moments you know like um when i was at uni i remember that i didn't have any afraid of like going and talk with anyone mm. like me like it or not mm. but i remember that i had the story um it was on um, one holidays you know like the, the school year finished and i met this guy mm. and i remember that every night he would ask me so um who is such a friend interested in and i would say oh yes she is interested in this guy and some other friend oh she's interested in this guy and what about you oh no like um there is a guy but he is very you know like uh, he doesn't know and all of that and i wasn't able to say it oh it's you and eventually um eventually i i, I found the courage to tell him i was 15 years old mm. Um, I found the, the, the courage to tell him, and he was like, yeah, I like you too for all this time, but, you know, he had girlfriend and it was a whole drama. So I feel like that insecurity is normal mm. in, you know, in youth, when you are turning into the child and the teenager, and when you are a teenager, like, that's normal. I suppose so, but, I mean, it just seems as though, well, it seemed to me at the time that, you know, lots of other, you know, blokes had girlfriends and, you know, girls had boyfriends. And um, so it, it seemed to me that they were able to sort of, a lot of people must be able to communicate effectively. But I don't, I don't know, maybe there's, I understand insecurity is always going to be a big part for most people, you know, around the place. But Yeah, well, you know that when you said that, I found, for example, what happened with the mum. What? So like the mom was obsessed with the neighbor and their perfect family and the perfect relationship. And she was trying to like emulate in some sort of way that, mm. and I feel like social media does that, that you can show this perfection, you know, like, oh, I, I have the perfect body and I go everywhere and I'm so happy and I have so many friends and, you know, I go to parties and my life is so perfect. And then when the cameras just go off, you know, like they turn it off, 
then this life is just fake and miserable and nothing. So I feel like when you say, oh, there were all these guys with girlfriends and girls with boyfriends and everything, you really don't know what is going on in that no, no, of in that no. part. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, the saying, the, the, um, the, the grass is greener in the other side. Mm -hmm. So like in your perspective, like they are very happy of mm, having girlfriends mm, mm. but then if you actually go and talk to them and they start saying oh this girl is so needy oh my god why i'm happy you know like all these complaints and then you said oh yeah i actually better be yeah yeah you know, by I'm, myself that, that's probably a fair enough point just on the but, uh, like what you say about social media is 100 percent true like you know so many people you know um they don't actually broadcast their lives. They broadcast what they want their life to an be. An idea. Yeah, an idea and all that sort of stuff. That wasn't really interesting the way that the film handled that because that that actually didn't happen with those characters. I thought that was what was going to happen when, you know, the mother character was talking about these neighbours and all this. But it turns out that that family was actually pretty happy. And yeah. that there wasn't any sort of hidden sort of they weren't being fake they, they were actually being genuine um which i thought was interesting because they set it up to make that point but then they didn't actually make it well maybe i feel like maybe it's because you're gonna judge everything in the same way yeah. you know like no everyone that posts on social media about healthy style and about being happy and about all of all this stuff is miserable mm. no there must be people that actually they are like that and mm. that's great mm. um but the point i don't think it was that family it was like this family you know the mitchells being unsatisfied exactly yeah. so like when you know like it's you always said that um when you are having an argument or when someone is an idiot with you or you know like when someone says something that is hurtful or whatever it talks more about them that what it talks yeah, about yeah, you yeah, yeah. they so say like, more about themselves exactly mm. so like if she was so obsessed with this family because it was perfect it wasn't because of them it was because she was like comparing them with 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 her family mm. And she was, you know, like uh, this, this, this kid, uh, and they are doing yoga and doing that. And what are we doing? We cannot even have, you know, like the, how you say that? Yeah, like the hands-in type, the family. Thing. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. they are so discoordinated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it, that's the note of the movie. Mm. You know, like it's not about these people. These people are just, you know characters mm. is about the feelings the, you know like she's in a trip and she's following this woman and oh they are having a trip and you know they are so happy or whatever that's great why can't you be happy for that mm. your family is your family like they are healthy and i always said that to you like focus in the positive mm. you know yeah our for example our family is not perfect you know everything is not roses but our kids are healthy our kids are happy our kids are stronger we are young we are healthy like we are not um we are not super rich but we are not poor by any means so like um 
why not focusing in what we really have instead of what we don't have? Mm. And that will be the point. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair enough. That, uh, that sort of makes sense. Mm. Um, well, what, what do you think of the technology? Well, um, I mean, you know that I... I'm a Luddite when it comes to technology. You, know, you are Rick. <laughs> pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Like, you know, um, I've got some websites that I like to read. Um, I like checking stuff out. Well, stuff, I mean, books and Blu-rays on eBay and Amazon and, and that sort of thing. Um, but, I, yeah, I, like, I don't know. Um for me that that was that the i'm assuming there were points that the filmmakers were trying to make about our reliance on technology and how much it's impacted our lives um but i didn't really cotton on to it, it that was more just sort of like um opportunities for for comedy within the film those sorts of things yeah but like um i feel like technology nowadays it really runs our life oh, yeah it does you know, but like, that wasn't really for me anyway that wasn't necessarily a big part of the film it probably was and i just didn't sort of pay attention to it but. well i feel like it's more like how many staff have technology in it mm. you know like we just said um before this um like rackets mm. Our racket has, you know, technology. Yeah, well, I didn't think that that would actually, but you looked it up and apparently they're, well, okay, so what's it do? Well, apparently uh, it has a chip mm. and it tells you, like, the, um, the impact with the ball and the power and, like, you know, it tells you all this stuff related with the tennis. Yeah, okay, but again, like, I played tennis when I was a kid. And I certainly no superstar. I think my claim to fame was making the under sixteen Bs at high school. Didn't even make the A's. But I mean, you don't need it. What, I mean, what, why? Like you're talking about, it runs our lives. It only runs your life if you let it. If you're an idiot that wants to buy a tennis racket with a chip in it, that's on you. No one's forced you to do that. It's like you know the conversation I was having with the, with the kids yesterday at my mate's place. Um they choose to be influenced by social media or have it be a part of their lives because if they don't, they don't fit in with the larger group. Most of the time they only buy, you know, get involved with this stuff or have it, let them, um, let it be involved in their lives because everyone else is doing it. So don't do it. Okay. So tell me, what do you use to wake up in the mornings? To like, for example, to let you know that you need to wake up. The alarm on my phone. Okay. Uh, what do you use in your work? A computer. Okay. Um, what do You're you... not making some grand <laughs> point here, Vivi. I'm saying that like our life is literally running by technology. Yeah. Like you don't but work... But you don't have to let it be run to that extent. I, Eduardo, a ver, like you use technology all the time. Yeah. You know, like you have your iPad, you have your phone, you have your computer. Mm. Um, even the Blu-rays is technology. Oh, 
It's true. Yes, I understand that. But, like, we're getting away from the point of the film, like, to the point where it, it affects your life in a negative way. Well, that was a point, but also is the point of everything has technology nowadays. Like, I would like you to, I would like to see you one day without the internet. Well, like, it depends. If I'm mm. on a holiday, mm. No problem. Mm. <laughs> anyway, the point is that, like, nowadays, to make any appointment, to book any holiday, to go anywhere, uh, you need technology. So, like, really, technology is, like, our life. Yeah, but I'm not, like, I'm not disputing that. What I'm saying is, is that it doesn't have to run your life to the extent that it turns into a negative. It doesn't. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to. No. That's true. And I agree with you. And last night we were talking about, like, you know, like, when we were in at school, we didn't care what our um, classmates were doing at night. Mm. We will wait to the next day for people to tell us what they were doing or, you know, mm. like the amazing stuff that they had or whatever. Um, and we really were not, oh, like, preoccupied if someone was not going to be ne there next day or what were, what were they doing mm. or how they were feeling. Mm. Or all these things that are happening nowadays. So we agree on that. Um but like the point is that technology is everywhere mm. you know like everywhere and and you know like this movie make it fun mm. but like if a virus stopped the whole world and people went crazy over toilet paper or whatever mm. i cannot imagine if like for example the wi-fi actually turn off or the MBN, or yeah, of you know, course. Yeah, yeah, again, I'm not disputing any of that because, but you're talking about something beyond what we're actually talking about now. Like, if that happened with the Wi Fi drop, you're not talking about just people's lives, you're talking about, you know, um, businesses, hospitals. hospitals, the economy, that like the infrastructure around society would collapse. And that's different from what we're talking, and certainly different from what I'm talking about. Like, that thing about the tennis racket, that's just a like. Uh, sort of this whole issue taken to an absurd degree like no one who wants to play tennis really needs that it's well, just a logical extension of the way that technology has become intertwined with our lives it's completely unnecessary um and the stuff with the social media like i get why kids these days would want to would would be sort of find it so necessary to have in their lives but they don't, but you don't. Like, you know, I was talking about the kids, my mate's kids that I was talking about before, like the two two girls, um, they said that they would find it much more difficult to be taken away from social media and their devices than the boy was. And I'm not sure if it's a gender thing, like this, maybe that's completely a generalisation on my part, but um, what I'm talking about is just it, yes technology is in a very important part of our lives of everyone's lives these days but it doesn't have to be to that extent if you don't want it to and again like there's many factors that go into that 
the tennis racket thing is just like a, a luxury, you know, unnecessary sort of extravagance. The social Maybe media. Not. You don't know. What do you mean I don't know? Well, like, again, I think that you are judging from... From, um... It's my opinion. I'm allowed to judge. It's my opinion. <laughs> I'm more... But, like, what I'm saying is that, like, if that was invented, probably it was because there was a need. No, it was invented because someone wants to make some money off of it. And that's what I'm saying. It's a logical extension of the way technology is advancing these days. It, 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 that is not needed. But it like... was not needed by anyone. It was an idea that someone had. Oh, yeah, that'll make some money. Let's do that. And then, you know, probably some professional players will go, oh, well, you know, no one else has got that. Maybe it'll give me an advantage. But, like, that's not true. It's like the watches. Like, a watch, it was initially to to give the time. But now it can, uh, you know, like the rate, the heart rate and the calories and all that stuff. And, like, now it can be used for health purpose. You know, like people that they have arrhythmia mm. or, you know, like things like that, they can use it mm. and and they can keep an eye on on that, on that stuff. Mm. So, like, you don't know how that can improve uh, a tennis player, the usage of these rackets. Okay. Well, when tennis rackets start, you know, saving people with heart disease and all that uh, sort of stuff, well, then maybe it'll be of value. But until then, I remain to be convinced. Um and but again, like that's separate from like the social media issue because that is like a a mental health thing and it, and it impacts people negatively and all that sort of stuff. So like you know, yeah, you you can't sort of cast a blank. Okay, so we're just talking about you know the, the how wonderful technology is and how much it impacts our lives. We're sitting here in our walk-in closet doing this podcast on Vivi's laptop, and I literally just touched touched one of the cords coming out of the side of the thing, and it shut the whole thing down. How ridiculous is that? <laughs> it interrupted the podcast. Just literally, just tapped it with one of my fingers. No, you didn't. Like you, you you slap it. How? It was one finger. I didn't slap it. I touched it by moving my hand, and it just sends everything haywire. Well, when we become famous, Far we are out. going to have an studio, so these things will not happen. Okay. Oh, but that's yeah. Anyway, all right. So yay technology! I love it. Can't get enough of it. It's just awesome. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Mm. Um. Okay. So. We'll... Anyway, so getting back to the film, mm. the film itself, um, it's it. It's really good. It is worth watching. It's a it's a fun family movie. It's got you know some pretty important messages. I think it says them fairly well. We probably haven't articulated well. I probably haven't articulated them very well as per usual on this. Um, but it's it's well worth just sitting down to watch. Like there's so much stuff on Netflix and you know all these streamers and it's so difficult to you know to. I mean, you can't watch everything that comes out now. It is literally impossible, and it has been for some time, but it's just getting more and more sort of a bit like ridiculous, frankly, like all the different stuff that's coming out. Um, but this one is, is actually well worth your time. Uh, it's a good family film. Um, you know, uh, young kids can enjoy it because it's very colourful and inventive and, you know, um, 
uh, older kids would enjoy it because there's some stuff there and certainly adults can can enjoy it too. yeah it can relate um so yeah i um i don't know if i would sort of watch it again anytime soon or feel the need to watch it again but so this time you are not getting out of the world to go and watch it without me no well, it's not in theaters for a start um you know there's lots of other movies that i'll be able to do that with yeah okay. did i tell you i saw wrath of man twice no yeah i went and saw that went and saw that a second time when i don't know a couple of weeks ago before i went on the course good movie like i look forward to watching that with you mm. yeah mm. okay um Thank you for letting me know. No worries. Uh, so, yes. Anything else you want to say about Harold versus the machine? I think that Mitchell. Why do I keep calling it Harold? But it's Mitchell's versus the machine. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know where this Harold thing come from. I don't know. Um, well, like probably the only thing that I could add is, um, as a parent, you just can't try. But you need to try harder sometimes. And can I just ask, like, you've had some pretty pointed messages in this, in what you're talking about. Are you actually talking to me? No. You sure? <laughs> yes. No, but like. Like just then you said, you have to try harder. And you were staring me right in the eyes. I wasn't staring at you. I was looking at that. No, um, my point is that like, yes. As a person, as an adult, as a human being, you can only try hard in, in to be a better person, parent, women, professional, whatever. But sometimes um, if things are not working, maybe you should change the perspective. So like, you know that there is a saying, put yourself in other people's shoes. Mm. Maybe try to do that and work on them and see if what you are doing is just like trying or or you just want to do that thing and not and disregarding everything else what <laughs> i'm not talking to you i'm actually talking as well about me like it is easy as a parent and you know that the other like i i always go to different seminars and stuff for parenting and and I went to this one and this girl said that like when you talk to toddlers in that terrible tools that actually is from one year old to five. Yeah, exactly. Um you like you tend to talk to the kid, you know, from your height, looking down to him or her and explain what is better or whatever instead of actually level yourself to the kid and talking in in almost their terms without being childish mm. because people believe that like if you talk like a baby they are going to understand no you can talk like an adult but like leveling yourself and trying to learn at the same time with the kid instead of like uh believing that you know not at all mm. because again it's a little person yes in its guidance, but you need to understand that it's a different person, it's a different mentality, it's a different character, it's a different personality. So like, if everything you see it from above, then 
probably you feel that kind of superiority and that is not helpful when you are trying to communicate a message mm. so in this case um like obviously as a parent you need to provide for your kids and you look the best for them and everything but sometimes if you look the things from their point of view maybe that will help the relationship you know like it took rick almost the end of the world for him to watch the mm. his daughter mm. video and understood what she was trying to tell because she was telling him through her video uh how he was making her feel mm. you know he devalued her work her dreams her aspirations everything mm. and she was telling him in her way and that's the thing like probably someone will say oh but she could go to him and tell him hey you are looking you know you are doing this and this and this but we are talking about teenagers mm. and she was telling him in her way mm. so like maybe I don't know like that's the message for me mm. yeah then that's absolutely i think the case um i think the only other thing and we, um you said before that um they said in the film that rick had had sort of been involved in um what was it writing or i think it was something with arts art some sort of art thing and it didn't pan out for him and so he was worried that uh, his daughter was going to make the same mistake. Um, and so he was more worried about helping her avoid that or making this a mistake or a failure, suffering failure, the same failure that he did. He didn't want that for her. And that became the overriding thing. He didn't necessarily stop and think. Well, firstly, like you said, he didn't stop and actually look at it and engage with it and just encourage that creativity within his own daughter. His, his automatic thing was just... She's going to fail. Yeah. And it's important that, um, you know, like with our kids, I don't want them to make the same mistakes that I made and, you know, um, I want them to succeed as much as possible. But it's, it's, it's a fine line, not even a fine line. You have to remember that, um, you know, if... if you see them sort of heading down a sort of pathway similar to ones that you may have tried and it didn't work out, that doesn't mean that they're going to suffer the same fate. They may be more talented than you. They may have more aptitude for that than you did. And it's important not to jump to any conclusions in that regard. And I think that's what I probably sort of took from it the most. You know that the other night we were talking about like entrepreneurship mm. and that I told you that... Um, that I would like to show them that they are other ways. Yep, yep. And I think that's the only thing that you really can do. Mm. You know, like you can show them the path, but you cannot work for them. Mm. So like if they decide to go for the, through, through the same path that you, the only thing that you can do is not try to fix the, their problems just be there for them just listen to them you know like and and probably that app 
remember that parenting app that we listen, it says that. Mm. Like sometimes when people come at you, come to you for with problems or whatever, they they don't want you to fix the problem. They just want to, you know, uh, talk about the problem and just like liberate themselves with the burden of the problem. But they don't want uh, anyone to tell them what they should do mm. or how they should feel mm. or, you know, like or being condescending or any of that, just listening, mm -hmm. just being there, being the shoulder and that's it. Mm. So I think that in this case is that yeah. it's just like, don't assume, don't jump into assumptions that your kids are going to do. They are going to fail. They are going to fall many times mm. because that's life. Mm. And as a parent, and obviously I'm not an expert by any means, I'm learning as well, but I feel that if I see it from my relationship with my parents, like it will be so good in so many ways that they will be there for me, but not there telling me what to do, how to do it and whatever, because as a human and as a person, as a youngster or whatever, probably I'm going to take the opposite way if someone tells me. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. You sort of rebel against that sort of Yeah. Thing. You want to discover it for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see <laughs> when our kids are teenagers and mm. they are doing their own stuff. If we are going to follow our own words exactly. or we have to eat them. Yeah. Um, but for now, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, this was just a... Not an emergency pod, but it had, like we said before, it had been way uh, much too long than what we had hoped before we got another one up. So we're still going to. This is just something to sort of fill the gap because we watched it today. We thought, no, we'll do it. So it's done. Um, the next one will be Much Ado About Nothing, which we already spoke about on the Emma podcast. Um, so that'll be the next one, and then after that, who knows? We'll have to choose something else. I was thinking maybe we could choose one from the homework category. Well, remember that I told you that I wanted to talk about that, the Beach Boys one? Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe we can do that. But um, that's not a homework one. We've already, no. Yeah. All right. Anyway, see how it goes. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening to us and see, see you, you next, next time. time. Bye. Bye.